Nudge and I each grabbed the director under an arm and took to the air. She was no lightweight, but together we took her high, way over the castle. She was screaming in terror, looking down, kicking her feet, losing both of her sensible shoes. Put me down at this instant, she shouted. I looked at her. Or what? You'll send me to my dungeon? She stared at me with contempt. Oh, did you see? I said. I defeated Superboy. But who knows? Maybe someday you can turn him into a real boy. Omega was far superior to you, the director spat. And yet here I am, dragging your stupid butt across the sky. And there he is, doing a faceplant in the dirt, I pointed out. If by superior you mean totally inadequate in every way, then yes, Omega is far superior. What do you want? The director snapped. Where are you taking me? Mostly just up, I said. I do want some answers, though. I'll tell you nothing. I looked at her seriously, her stiff blonde hair streaming out in back of her. In that case, I'm going to drop you from way, way up here and watch you go two-dimensional. We call it flux splatter art. A look of genuine fear entered her cold eyes, which cheered me a little. What do you want to know? She asked cautiously, trying not to look down. Who's my real mom? And no, designing me does not make you a mom. I knew what Jabba told me. I wanted confirmation. I don't know. Oops! I let go of her, and she shrieked as she and Nudge started plummeting. I'll tell you! She screamed, looking up at me. I swooped down and grabbed her again. Now, what were you saying? White-faced, she swallowed and took some deep breaths. A researcher. She studied birds. She offered to donate an egg. It wasn't important who she was. My heart leaped. Her name? I don't remember. Wait! She said as my fingers loosened. Something Hispanic. Hernandez. Martinez. Something like that. I could hardly breathe, and it wasn't because we were at 5,000 feet. Dr. Martinez really was my mother. I hugged the knowledge to me like a life jacket. You're not the only successful hybrid, you know, the director said. Well, there's Darling Omega, I admitted, and Spot the Cat Girl, and me, the director said. <whistles> I whistled. Don't tell me. Let me guess. You're half-vulture. Hyena? Some kind of marine bottom feeder. Galapagos tortoise, she said. I'm 107 years old. Huh. And you don't look a day over 105, I said. She glared at me. I looked down and saw that the castle was surrounded by German police cars. Today was over. Today had been saved. Maybe even the world? Bye. I told her, and let go. Nudge couldn't hold her, and the director spun downward, screaming in terror and surprise. This isn't you, Max, said the voice. The voice? I hadn't heard it in a while. Why's that, Jeb? I asked inside my head. Because you didn't design me that way. No, said the voice. 
Because that's not who you are as a person. No one designed it. It's all you. You're just not a killer. You've shown that again and again. And it makes me prouder than anything else about you. I sighed. Yes, it's true. I am pretty wonderful, I thought to the voice. But deep down, where I hoped the voice couldn't hear me, I did feel a little proud, a little heart-warmed. Talk about manipulation. Okay, let's go get her, I told Nudge, and we swooped down and caught the director with a good 200 feet to spare. Chapter 129 After it was all over but the shouting, my only desire was to streak toward home. But of course, I was outvoted, three to one. Even when I claimed that each of their votes counted for only half a vote, they still outvoted me. Within hours, we were at their chosen destination. Let me see the screen, Angel asked, leaning closer. Yes, we were at a cyber cafe in France. Why France? The food. The cute shoes. The fact that Total could go into restaurants and grocery stores. Now I can't see, Total complained. He leaned forward on his paws on the table. Coffee, Nudge said happily, slurping from her mug. Love it. Please tell me that's decaf, I said. The screen dinged, and there was Fang's face, and Gazzy, and Iggy, all crowding around their computer back in the States. Fang. I felt like it'd been years since I'd seen him, talked to him. In the past three days... Every memory I'd ever had of him played through my brain. In the dungeon, it was thinking about him that had kept me going. Then, getting that note from the mutant in Lindingham, saying he was coming, it had been one of the best moments of my life. Where the heck were you? I demanded. I thought you were on your way. Little flyboy complication, he said, his voice sounding funny through the computer. Did you know they can't swim? They sink like rocks. They don't like water at all. His solemn face, his eyes as familiar to me as my own, seemed to make my world straighten out again. I laughed, and everything in me felt whole and complete. I knew the flock would stay together now, no matter what. You guys stay put, I said. We'll come to you. You got it, he said, and my heart melted. Bring me something from France. Gezi cried in the background. Okay, I promised him. Me too. Iggy put in. Like a French girl. I groaned. Can we say sexist pig one more time? But he was my sexist pig. And I would see them all soon. I couldn't wait. Epilogue. We are the champions. For the moment, anyway. Chapter 130. When I saw them at last, on a barrier island off the coast of North Carolina, I almost couldn't speak. Nudge, Total, Angel, and I coasted to a landing on the beach, feeling the sand squeak under our shoes. There was a line of gnarled oaks at the top edge of the beach, and I looked through them, then checked my watch. You're late. Fang stepped out of the shadows, eating an apple. He was dressed in black, as usual, and his face looked like a lumpy plum pie but his eyes shone as he came toward me. And then I was running to him, over the sand, my wings out in back of me. We smashed together awkwardly, 
with Fang standing stiffly for a moment. But then his arms slowly came around me, and he hugged me back. I held him tight, trying to swallow the lump of cotton in my throat. My head on his shoulder, my eyes squeezed shut. Don't ever leave me again, I said in a tiny voice. I won't, he promised into my hair, sounding most unfang-like. I won't. Not ever. And just like that, a cold shard of ice that had been inside my chest ever since we'd split up, well, it just disappeared. I felt myself relax for the first time in I don't know how long. The wind was chilly, but the sun was bright, and my whole flock was together. Fang and I were together. Excuse me, I'm alive too. Iggy's plaintive voice made me pull back. I wiped my sleeve across my eyes, then turned and hugged Iggy hard. And Gazzy. And then we were all hugging one another, and promising to never split up again. Basically, we just got caught up, and ate donuts and apples, which the boys had thoughtfully provided. Well, what now? Gazzy asked, as I tried to smooth his sticking up hair. I let out a deep breath and looked at my flock. I need to go to Arizona, I said. Chapter 131 Jeb was already there, at Dr. Martinez's house. I half expected it. The flock and I landed in the woods close to the house, and after looking carefully around, we stepped into the yard. Immediately, Magnolia, the basset hound, lumbered out from under the porch, baying. She ran over, saw Total, and started barking harder. Oh, please, said Total. The front door opened, and Ella burst out, her face alight. Then, she saw I wasn't alone, and stopped, staring at the rest of the flock. Oh gosh, she breathed. All of you? Her face split into a humongous smile, and she raced to me, catching me in a skinny, wiry hug. You're my sister, she cried. I had wished you could be. Now you are. She pulled back, and we just smiled at each other. I mean, I felt much closer to Nudge, sister-wise, but knowing that Ella and I shared non-bird blood meant a lot to me. It made me feel more solid, somehow. That sounds stupid, but that's how it felt. Max. Dr. Martinez stood on the porch, her hand to her mouth. Jeb came out after her, his face drawn and sad. He looked glad to see us all, though. I remembered how he looked when Ari died. I was so confused about him, it made my head hurt. Hi, I said lamely. Unfortunately, finding out who my parents actually were had not improved my social graces by leaps and bounds. Oh, well. Dr. Martinez. I felt too weird to call her anything else. Came down the steps. And then, she was hurrying to me. I stood stiffly for a moment while she wrapped me in a warm, mom-like embrace that felt like the best, softest blanket in the whole world. Oh, Max, she breathed, stroking my tangled hair. I couldn't believe it when I saw you before. I wasn't sure, but it was you. It was you all along. I nodded, slightly horrified to see tears running down her cheeks. Yep, I said then cursed myself for being so awkward and tongue-tied. This was my mother. This was who I'd dreamed of my whole life. Not only that, but she was the best mother in the whole world. 
the one person I would have picked. And I was standing here like a scarecrow. I cleared my throat, looking down at my feet. I'm glad it was you. I managed to get out. Then, total nightmare, I started bawling into her sweater. Chapter 132 After my fourth chocolate chip cookie, I started calling her mom. All of us, the whole flock, plus Ella, Mom, and Jeb, rested up. The flock and I took fabulous hot showers, and Mom came up with some clothes for all of us. Everyone seemed to adore her and gave me envious, but happy looks. I felt so proud of her. It was weird to see her trusting Jeb. He seemed normal, like he used to when we lived with him. We all kept our distance, though, even when he tried to reach out to us. Maybe in the future we could get over everything that had happened. He did his best to explain the stuff he'd done. Part of it was because he truly believed it was the best way to train me to save the world. Part of it had been designed to seem much worse than it was. And basically, he'd helped me escape any number of times. And part of it had been the stuff he'd been forced to do, playing along with the director so he could stay in a position to help me know what was coming. I was like, whatever. Deep down, I was glad to learn all that, but I wasn't going to make it easy for him. Okay, everyone, Mom said, coming in from the small kitchen. Food's up. We all crammed in around her tiny dining table. She'd made real Mexican food herself. We're not talking Taco Bell here. It was incredible, and she'd made enough for a big crowd, because she knew how hard it was for us to get enough calories. Oh man, this smells so good, Iggy moaned. Ella watched him as he started eating, not spilling a drop. That's so amazing, how you can do that, she told him. Iggy seemed taken aback. I've had a lot of practice. Well, I think you're amazing, said Ella, and Iggy blushed. I glanced across the table and saw Gazzy and Angel sitting next to each other, looking calmer and safer than they had in so long. And Max, I put some scraps in a bowl for your dog, Mom said. It's on the floor, by the back door. The flock and I went still. Uh-oh, I thought. Total stomped up to me, his glare accusing. A bowl? On the floor? He seethed. Why don't you just chain me to a stake in the yard and throw me a bone? Mom stared at him, and Ella looked like her eyes were going to pop out. Well, uh, they didn't expect... I began. No, no, it's fine. Total snapped. Just put an old towel on the floor for me to sleep on. Listen. I've been practicing my barking. Arf! Or is it bow-wow? I can never remember. I looked at Mom. Uh, do you think Total could maybe have a plate here? I pointed to a tiny space next to me. He, uh, likes to eat at the table. Because I'm not a complete barbarian, Total said. Certainly, Mom said smoothly. I'm sorry, Total. I looked at Fang, and he rolled his eyes and reached for seconds. Everyone started talking again, and it was like a Norman Rockwell painting. All of us sitting there, eating together. Well, maybe Norman Rockwell with, you know, mutants and a talking dog. But still. Chapter 133 You just got here, Mom said, teary-eyed again. 
I know, I told her. But we'll be back. Promise. Why do you have to go? Ella wailed. I have... responsibilities, I said. You know, a world to keep saving and all that. We each hugged Mom and Ella about a hundred times. Total peed on their sage bushes and gave Magnolia a dirty look. Then it was just me and Jeb, facing each other. I knew he wanted a hug. I also knew that my hugs didn't come cheap. So why me, Jeb? I asked. How come I'm supposed to save the world when I'm not even the most evolved experiment? You're evolved enough, he said. He swallowed. Max, you're the last of the hybrids who still has... a soul. I thought about how empty and expressionless Omega had been. Hmm. She doesn't have soul, Gazzy scoffed. Have you ever seen her dance? Not soul, Gazzy, I said. A soul. L. One last goodbye, and then Feng and I looked at each other. Okay, let's hit it, I said, just as he said, up and away, guys. I gave him a little smile. I turned to the others. You heard him, up and away. Then we were flying again, rising above the confusing and troubled earth, into the simple, perfect, clear blue sky, where everything was peaceful and made sense. You know what? Toto said conversationally. Iggy had him in a carrier thing on his back that Mom had found in her attic. It made flying with Total much easier. Okay, it was basically a baby carrier, but for God's sake, don't tell Total. What? I asked. Your mom isn't so bad. Gee, thanks, I said dryly, and the others laughed. And finally, as we fly off into the sunset, so to speak, there's only one thing for me to add. Hopefully, we'll be back. And if we are, it won't be pretty. Hey, and thanks for listening to another episode of Maximum Crime, a Maximum Raid bootleg audiobook podcast thing. I am your all of it, Marky. And that is it, folks. We have finished book three. I will do my best to get that supercut out here in the next week or so. But, um, I don't actually have my computer set up with me right now. I'm actually traveling for the holidays, so if stuff sounds kind of weird, a little different than usual, that's why. So, sorry about that. But, uh, I will let everyone know when I get that supercut done. It shouldn't take super long. I don't really have much to say this time, uh, except that I hope everybody had a good Christmas. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, I hope you had a very good weekend. Since there's not much to say, I'm gonna go ahead and jump into the recommendation for this week. This week's recommendation is the podcast Brimstone Valley Mall. It is a podcast about a bunch of demons in the year 1999. They're in a band together that is supposed to play for this big gathering of demons. It's supposed to play for this big gathering of demons on December 31st, 1999, so that they can bring about the apocalypse because of uh, Y2K. But the only problem is they can't find their frontman and they really, really need him to perform. So they are desperately trying to find him. And at the same time, also trying to deal with the shenanigans of 
being demons living in the human world, which uh, can get pretty wacky sometimes. It's a pretty funny podcast. If you're into weird comedy kind of stuff, uh, I'd recommend it. I'm not usually into stuff that has like demons and stuff, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. So yeah, give them a listen. That is the podcast Brimstone Valley Mall, which I will put in the show notes if you're interested. Alrighty. Uh, all the normal stuff, if you want to leave me a rating review, that would be so cool of you. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can email me at maximumcrimepod at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on my Tumblr over at maximum-crime-pod. Alrighty, I think that's all I gotta say for this time. So, until next time, fly on. <laughs>